0: Breathing deeply in, and breathing mindfully out. Welcome to the Mindfulness Podcast. They're here with Pat, um, with another episode and another opportunity to meet a guest and to learn something new, and to learn some news as well about mindfulness. So, hi Pat. Hello. So what's new?
1: Well, actually, you know, this just came to my mind. Uh, As you said, breathe in deeply, uh, you know, breathe out, because in like the typical mindfulness-based interventions or mindfulness classes, Mm. we're we're telling people, you know, don't change the breath, just observe the breath coming Mm -hmm. in and coming out as it normally does. But what's interesting is there's more and more research and evidence talking about the benefits of breathing in and breathing out or breath works, etc., So, you know, the the case that I heard was you're an ambulance driver mm-hmm. and you just, you know, witness a horrific accident or whatever, you're dealing with that. So, what would be like that short exercise to do in order to, you know, be mm-hmm. in peak performance again? And just observing your breath it probably isn't the best. In that case, it is to regulate the breath, mm-hmm. to slow it down, etc. So, there's like discussion now. If in the mindfulness-based classes and teachings, we should be actually telling people to manipulate or control the breath before mm-hmm. they actually get into just observing the breath.
0: Mm. No, I mean, uh, to, to me generally, I think it's very unlikely that you don't regulate it uh, when mm. you start paying attention to it. Like somehow the attention itself makes it at least the first couple of breaths a little bit, you know, artificially regulated. And then it comes back to normal, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, yeah. But usually I consider that every single time I lead a practice, when I usually start with a deep breath in, a slow breath Mm -hmm. out, but not necessarily for... Um, because this could be a you know, mindful minute, like a stop practice, like something quick. But generally, because it's uh, it's like a ritual to enter the you know the room of practice, right? right? The room right. of something, and it's cleansing and getting you ready, and then you know, go ahead and let it naturally flow. It's like the
1: you know rather than hitting the singing bowl yeah. or the gong it's that deeper
0: breath oh, in and out kind of yeah yeah that's it same is before going on the stage right you have to do a presentation <sighs> okay let me start right it's uh it's oxygenating is getting ready it's uh, you know fuel for the mind for the body and for the moment what are the news pat
1: yeah so <clears throat> I guess one of the news related to what we were just talking about is we, we are launching more kind of movement based practices. Mm-hmm. So, so this month we have um, the, the yoga as we do, but we're also doing kickboxing basics and, and Tai Chi and Qigong. And yeah, what's, right. what's interesting is we're, we're actually, at least the sessions I'm leading, is we first do the movement, mm-hmm. then there's the breath work. And then there's the meditation. Nice. So you can come to the whole hour experience and go back to back, or you can just do, you know, one of the one segments, of the pieces, okay. one of the pieces. Uh, but I guess the biggest news that I recommend the the Kindrels to check out is, is the newsletter because mm-hmm. that's talking about everything that happened in February and everything that's happening this month. Uh, we're focusing on devotion this month. Mm-hmm. That's one of the, the Kindrel principles. So check out the the several blogs. Check out the practices. Um, it is Women's Month, so our our mindfulness champion of the month is Rafat Unesa, and she's mm-hmm. recommending a book called Mindfulness for Women. Uh-huh. Nice. And last month, so in February, we focused on cancer awareness, and we have um, we had a nice chat, actually, a, a live event around mindfulness and cancer,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and we brought one of our executives who has stage four cancer mm. talking about how mindfulness is really supporting him over the years, how he was, you know, supposed to die several times and still ongoing and mm-hmm. mindfulness is part of his treatment protocol. So, so check out the replay if you haven't that. Uh, and other than that business as usual. So that's the, the biggest news from, from us. What about in, in IBM Leyland?
0: In IBM we had the uh, last week we had the kickoff, uh of our mindfulness experience the ibm mm-hmm. mindfulness experience uh, there were more than 120 people attending live right many we are yeah. then later what the replay and we have already like more than 132 i think i saw the last number uh, of enrollments uh so now we do it a little bit different this time so we asked people to to we just gave a list of options to enroll so people enroll there, and then when we will make the classes and invite people directly, right? So you know, in the past we have been asking like you know enroll to this and automatically. But there there was an issue in that case that we had many double enrollment and many people that just clicked on the tool didn't manage to understand that um, right. there was the that was the time, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes you know you you had people enrolling for a class at 4 a.m., right? Then it's like okay, and they couldn't join obviously, so. Now we try to make it a little bit more uh, easy, right? So that's, wait, and if if you're listening to this and you're in IBM and you want to enroll, there is a link that we put below the podcast. Click and join the IBM Mindfulness Experience and learn something more about mindfulness. And then we did something um uh, still last week uh, was the first monthly meeting of the community we never had a monthly. we have practices every day right we have a podcast that everybody's listening we have a option together in various events and, uh, and journeys but we never had a monthly connection so daniel was talking about it in the previous podcast um so what What we we didn't have so many people though, right? We were like six or seven uh, out of several thousand that we could be. So um, maybe something went wrong with the announcement or with the, uh, um, you know, enrollment. So I encourage everyone again, there is a link below to enroll um, to our monthly meeting. So it it was last night, yesterday, no, no, yesterday, it was like last week. Was was just a practice. Mm -hmm. Um, We had a chat. We spoke about some topics. We had somebody was there asking about mindfulness So we had the opportunity to talk a little bit more about some answer question about mindfulness no. um, and that's it right it's just a friendly way to to gather yeah. once a month so that's it from my side nothing else uh, ahead um just uh opening the door to our guest so now pat um I think that our guest is someone that you also met. Actually, you presented her to me uh, how many, like many years ago. I remember you, Sri, when you were, uh, you know, the, the, the master behind the Slack channel, right? Yeah. And I, I you know, I had to reach out. So I was asking Pat, you know, how can we do this for the Slack channel? You know, like to get to Sri and everything. So I'm very happy that we all meet again all together, right? Um, yes. So, Pat, I will let you introduce our guest at this point. Yeah, I mean, uh, drum roll, right?
3: Uh, <laughs> the um, the guest that we have today, um, we've been collaborating, working with for, for years now. And Sri, I honestly don't remember what year it was where, where we first met or how exactly all that unfolded. But I'm um, super happy that you're here with us today and share a little bit your story and what brought you to mindfulness and what you're working on now. And Yeah. Yeah. How are you? Welcome. What's going on? Thank you. Welcome.
4: Thank you. Thank you. We, you can say that we met when we were in kindergarten. That just makes <laughs> us a little more young. <laughs> we will not reveal our ages.
0: So, but tell tell to our um, to our guests, uh, actually to to our audience, uh-huh. right? What, who, uh, you know, who who are you, right? And where uh, where are you located and uh, Um, You know, anything that people should know about you as a start? Um,
4: So my name is Shree, and I'm currently, I'm working in the IBM cloud organization. Um, Before this, I was working in IBM global finance organization. Um, They are primarily located in, um, based in New York. So I lived and worked in New York for a very long time um, before I moved uh, to Texas. Um, and uh, recently I moved to the IBM cloud organization. I'm really enjoying the experience, um, meeting, getting to meet new people around the globe um, and uh, learning a lot of new technical things. Um, I'm happily married and I have a son um, and uh, we love to, you know, uh, drive each other crazy and uh, uh, love to travel. Um, I i really enjoy traveling with my son because we try to explore a lot of new cuisines uh new cultures um my husband was also and you know, also lived in um, cyprus so he has traveled a lot you know uh, in in europe and he shares a lot of different perspectives and uh, experiences and uh, he has more culturally uh, diverse friends than me i should say um, sometimes we try to see who has more diverse French friendships, but I think he probably has a little bit more advantage than me. Um, <clears throat> so it's, it's very interesting that we learn from each other. We, um, share our experiences and we continue to travel and explore the world. Um, so right now I live in Texas. Um, and, um, I have, I have siblings. They're t- actually twins.
2: Older, younger.
4: Um, they're younger.
3: A great time. Yeah. But uh, the exploration of the cuisine reminds me of how hungry I am right now. But, um, <laughs> <clears throat> can you uh, can you tell us a bit about your your journey into mindfulness? I'm guessing it started in
4: kindergarten,
0: yeah. right? When we when we first
4: yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> definitely.
0: So how how um, was it? Like there was Pat that was playing in a corner,
2: <laughs> yeah. and he
0: was getting angry, and you and then like, you have to be mindful, Pat, right?
4: It was easy to pull See him the anger.
0: <laughs> Don't break the toys.
4: Yeah. Um I think for me um I grew up you know in India uh for some part of my life and uh, growing up there were a lot of things that reminds me when I th- you know go back um on the way to our ho- home and our home is actually you know even today we have um the place that we go, we call it as like home. It's actually located right, you know, like in the middle of a um, lot of farmlands, you know, like the actual farmland where the farmers actually grow fruits, vegetables, and, you know, whatnot. So there's like nobody around. So it's very quiet, it's very peaceful. Um, and on the way, we usually have a place where we used to stop by, and they used to have a meditation hall, believe it or not. And that was when I was in my elementary school age, when I used to go there, I used to find um, myself uh, attracting, attracted to that particular place because it was so quiet, it was silent. I used to be able to sit and and, uh, meditate for a few minutes. Um, And when I come back home, I will feel so refreshed. And I didn't know what it was at that time because I was so young. Um, And then my dad, um, when he became um, when he was diagnosed with diabetes, he actually turned to uh, yoga and mindfulness uh, to manage um, some of his uh, symptoms. and it was very interesting for me because he took me to one of the sessions that which is where you know uh, mindfulness was introduced to me and because in the way of managing, um, sometimes you feel very hungry right when you are newly diagnosed. And you were trying to manage your diet, your exercise regime, and you know what, what can you eat, what can you not eat. So sometimes it's frustrating for the patients, right? So this program you know manage you know any carvings that you have, how can you be mindful of what you eat? Um, so that again I didn't know what it was, but still it was very, very, very interesting. Um, and again, seeing my grandfather, you know, who used to wake up very early in the morning, right? He used to take cold showers and he used to do his alternate nose breathing exercise. And it was a very strict regime that he used to follow. And he will come only at a certain time to have his breakfast. Um, So I was wondering, you know, what is it that, you know, he's doing, you know, and I didn't know what it was at that time again, because I was so young. Um, And every 15 days he used to actually not eat anything. He used to do the intermittent fasting. Um, and now i know what it is because we are more aware of it now um so growing seeing all this you know more and more uh made me more curious more more curious actually and i'm i can say that i'm a very curious person um i always say i'm a curious cat um i always like to hey what is this about you know what is that i can learn from this i'm always very curious so that's when you know it slowly led me to understand oh this is what uh, mindfulness is about this is what yoga is about this is what intermittent fasting is about um, this is what you know what why they prescribe to do certain things and why they're prescribing not to do certain things like for example um you know when you uh like don't be awake till late late at night right because it disturbs your um sleep rhythm it disturbs your sleep cycle you know your hormones you know be- so behind the scenes there's this scientific reason behind some of these practices it's not just simply because they're saying it it's um, you know for the sake of saying it so all those things you know made me curious and that's how i learned about mindfulness um, and believe it or not um, i started actually getting more curious about yoga at ibm because it was ibm who offered yoga classes down in the in the cafeteria in the IBM or if you ever go to Mm -hmm. the New York office you can see a big cafeteria building there and that's where some of the IBMers we all used to practice yoga and there was this wonderful 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 teacher Uh, she came from IBM research Uh Uh, she taught us you know and she incorporated mindfulness and yoga Um, and it was fantastic and and I got completely hooked uh, in onto it uh, from from then on. There's no stopping after
0: that. Interesting. So, <clears throat> where to go from here? Right? I, I, there are so many questions about ask. So let, let me let me start with. Mm-hmm. So f- for you, in this mindfulness was a way to. Uh, it's like an awareness of multiple things, right? From the body to the you know the way how we live our life to the moments, to many things. Um, so how then you translate it into the, what you do every day, right?
4: Yeah, that's a fantastic question. Um, I translate in uh, in three different ways. First, professionally, um, I used to uh, work a lot with our customers, IBM customers. Sometimes, as you know, some of our products are great, and we know internally, you know, what our product can do and cannot do, and what our product cannot do sometimes frustrates our customers. So we, so sometimes we get this call from our external customers. They'll be screaming at us, right? <laughs> why is this so hard? You know, why can't you just fix it? Why can't you just, you know, make it better? You know, um, so. Yeah.
0: So it's you similar to when thing. you are in the restaurant, right? And, you know, there is something that is not good and you're angry with the waiter. Like, no, yes. why you did that? And it maybe totally not the fault of the waiter. But, yeah, I can imagine <laughs> it. So, so you have the screaming customer. What do you do?
4: <laughs> so I think that's when, you know, I, I realized that it's not just them screaming, right? It's just that they have frustration. They're frustrated about something. That's what, you know, is bothering them. They're not able to do what they have to do, you know, they can do easily, right? Um, But that screaming, I could immediately, you know, um, do two things. One is I just let them, you know, talk because there is no point in interrupting them, trying to make sense because sometimes they just need to let this anger out, right? And once they calm down, then I would, you know, tell them, hey, you know, I understand why you're frustrated. I understand why this might be upsetting for you. And then we will, you know, I will take it back to my, you know, uh, management team, to my technical team, and we will see what we can do to make it better. But at that moment, right, instead of me, you know, being reactive and screaming, you know, (laughs) on top of the customer, it's not going to help. It's not going to maintain my professional uh, relationship. It's not going to make me look professional in front of the customer. So that's one of the main um, place where I would use my mindfulness to keep myself calm and not get carried into the storm that the customer is in at this point. Um, the second place where I normally used to use this um, mindfulness in my practical you know, daily life is when, um, when I'm dealing with my, um, my son, not just my sons. I sometimes go and try to teach uh, to a couple of kids uh, here. Kids have tremendously, um, they have a different view of the world from adults, right? They don't see the world just like how we look at it. Our view is for the most part tainted, and we are all working towards, you know, trying to unblock all those views that we have in our minds. Kids have a completely different perspective of the world. Um, So sometimes it's important as a teacher uh, to not to make, um, not to, you know, overpower them your ideas, it's very important for us to listen to their ideas. Um, And that's very, very important. There is a saying that if your students know your political affiliation, then you failed as a teacher. Um, So it's very important as a teacher that you, you have to remain in that state of balance where you are able to still teach what you need to teach, but at the same time, understand how they interpret what you are telling them and their point of view as well. Um, so that, that always helps me when I deal with my, uh, with my son, uh, because he will have a different perspective of, you know, something, what we say. Um, so it, it, I think it helps to build better relationships, um, rather than having a frustrated, you know, um, relationship where mm-hmm. we can fight with, between mom and son, <laughs> we, you know, it helps to both of us to pause and think about and, uh, at the end of the
2: day, probably cuddle and make up <laughs> um, and see things differently. And the
4: third thing I would say is uh, friendships. Friendships are very hard to find these days. Uh, connect, you know, you hardly, uh, connections are also very hard to make. Um, you, you meet so many people during the day, but not, you don't connect with many of them right? Uh, Some of them you would connect instantaneously, some you might not. But that does not mean that, you know, that person has nothing to offer, right? Um, So having an open mindset, uh, when you meet new people, is definitely, you know, important. And that open, having that open mind is something that comes from my mindfulness practice. Um, Otherwise, what happens is I might look at somebody and I might say, oh, I might perceive, oh, this might person might not have anything to offer to me. So I might probably just brush it off and walk, walk away. But um, now with mindfulness practice, I don't do that. It helps me to understand that each and everybody has something to bring to the table. So those are the, you know, three different ways I can think of.
3: Friendship, connection with son or or kids, um, as well as, you know, dealing with frustrated customers. Mm -hmm. um it all sounds good but can you help us and and perhaps our listeners to to understand more from a practical level you know how does how does that help you know what is this mindfulness practice you know what's happening in that very moment when the customer's yelling or you're trying to connect more with your son or with other people etc um
4: that's a very introspective question. every human being um is has emotion. so i would say I, I would start from little basics here so our mind right is mind we as we call it as its bundle of desires uh sometimes we call it as monkey mind as well <laughs> um because it constantly looks you know to attach itself to something um either sometimes it needs to be you know it, it will find something to think about or something to feel happy about or something to feel sad about, something to be frustrated about. So it could be anything. So your mind has all these thoughts you know, that constantly is churning um, in your space. And uh, when somebody is really upset, it doesn't have to be a customer. It could be anybody. It could be a family member. It could be a customer or it could be a friend. Um, when they're upset, their reasoning ability has stopped. And they are focused more on their emotions at that point. They're upset and uh, something is not going right or something's not working. And they are more focused on that. And they are experiencing that part of the emotion at that point. They are not focused on feeling happy or they are not focused on uh, you know, what's happening around them. Um, they are focused more on that one particular emotion, which is you know, sadness or frustration. So when somebody else is on the other side of the table, you're able to understand that you know, they, are, they are focused on that <clears throat> one particular emotion. And it's our job you know to make them realize, because the emotion is not going to be constant. It's not going to remain the same for the entire day. It's going to be you know, there for a few, few seconds or a few minutes. And then it's going to, because your mind is, you know, it's going to flip to the next thing that it wants to attach itself to. So after two minutes of yelling, screaming, they are going to calm down and they are going to, you know, come to the conversation. So as a mindfulness practitioner, sometimes I let them talk and then let out their frustration. And when they're ready to move on, that's when I, you know, I come into picture and I say, yep, I hear your uh, frustration and, and acknowledging that emotion is very very important when you are on the other side of the table the moment you brush off somebody's emotion that's when the trouble starts because they think that the, their emotion is not valid anymore they themselves question what's happening you know inside them they might uh, think you know i'm not supposed to be frustrated that this is not working so that's not our goal there our goal is to make sure they, they are they are validated. Um, and only after that validation happens, then you can engage in a dialogue because the moment you try to engage in a dialogue, when somebody's frustrated, it's just, it, it, it does not lead to any good, <laughs> any good. Oh, of result. course.
0: But I think that I, I, everybody would love to have a like some mindful person on the other side of the phone, right? For an angry customer would love to have yes. that response somebody that is not just... Uh, I remember once I, I, I was calling for a complaint, right? Like, you know, uh, there was somebody replying, and I said, you know, there is this issue here I have, and I got the phone just closed. <laughs> like, he <it> just <laughs> didn't want to, to reply to me at all, right? So, you, you, you probably, you know, you are, you are not acting uh, with a clear mind if you are yeah. in anger. And the other one that is receiving anger, if you're not mindful, you might... Um, you know, feel attacked, yes, and then reply. And I, I think everybody was. It's very hard to not feel attacked and not shout back, right? We want to defend. Uh, we are. We have a survival mode, right? We are a survival machine here. Yes. So that's where mindfulness is cool. Yeah.
4: There is a beautiful saying. Um, I think I read in Eck- Eckhart Tolle's, you know, uh, book. It says, you know, the mind unconsciously loves problems because they give you some kind of an identity or some kind of purpose. Um, but that's when, you know, he gives a beautiful analogy, you know, imagine, you know, you're walking on a road and there is, there's a lot of this fog, you cannot see anything, but you have this flashlight that helps you to, you know, at least see in, in, in your immediate presence that there is a path. There is a walkway there that you can walk so you don't bump into things and that flashlight That tool is mindfulness because it helps you ultimately over the years of, you know, years and years of practice, you'll be able to understand that conscious presence, which is that static mind that we say. Right. You have that static screen on which um, that that other analogy is uh, the way how we see it is your consciousness is that static screen that you see in the movie theaters and then you we have we play everything that happens around us is that movie that happens on the screen and once it's shut down the screen is still there the screen is still present right so that consciousness that static you know sense is what you will eventually get to with years and years of practice of this mindfulness And it's a tremendous beautiful thing once you experience that it is such a tremendous beautiful thing um to even understand that you 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 have it within yourselves um but how do we even get to it is another analogy that i would say which is i can tell you this this chocolate is it's sweet but unless you put it in your mouth and taste it yourself to know the, the feel that and sense that sweetness it's it's impossible for every you know for everybody else to understand what we are talking about so having a little bite of that candy you know makes a huge difference and which is why we have all these different types of mindfulness practices available you can bite you can chew you can um, you know uh, put the whole candy in your mouth, you know, it's 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 all the different types of practices that we have. So eventually we ourselves can taste that uh, that beautifulness of silence and getting to that static unconsciousness that all of us have um, within ourselves.
2: Beautiful analogies there, metaphors. Um, and I'm, <laughs> I'm wondering if, you know, somebody's
3: listening to this and they're thinking, we should probably send all the angry customers over to Sri. <laughs>
0: Make oh, sure yes. they tra- tra- train uh, an army of, uh, of yes. new, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know people that are ready to like customer uh, response <laughs> team, right? But about any uh, but the the view as mindfulness as in a flashlight that brings you light and tells you where to go. Um, it's um interesting right i and probably it explains maybe you know when uh, in a moment you don't know what to do right you have a trouble you have an issue you have an angry person in front of you where to go and that's that's where you should look instead of outside inside that's where the light should be switched on
3: what's uh it, it's interesting because because we do these like three week uh, intros now, and our yeah. first session is about attention, and yeah. I, I know nobody's seeing this because you're listening, but i'm I'm turning on my phone light, and the way that we describe mindfulness is of two components. the first one is attention, so it's like the flashlight you know where I move the flashlight around that's what I see that's what's clear that's yeah. what's focused, <clears throat> but the second component it's not just this like neutral cold way of paying attention there's a filter or a lens on the flashlight and that's you know i'm paying attention with curiosity i'm paying attention with kindness with care with openness Mm -hmm. etc so we have the what and also the how Mm -hmm. and i think you know when you're in the fog it's one thing to notice i'm in the fog and where my attention is around but it's another thing to cultivate certain attitudes or qualities as I'm paying attention to the fog.
4: Yes, and I know many people find mm. um, my, Sometimes you know people might say you know it's not the thing for me. Um, I don't understand how you know this might help me, um, or where would I you know use it? Because mm. our world is definitely on the go every single day right um, just as uh, there is a beautiful quote that I always um, I don't know if it, uh, it came um, directly from him but I heard Abraham Lincoln once said if I were to cut a tree and if it takes six hours to cut the tree I would sharpen my axe for four hours mm-hmm. there is a big philosophy in that right the whole task is six hours but I would spend four hours out of the six hours to sharpen my axe.
0: Oh yes, I agree with the, with that point.
4: So in this world of you know instant gratification, there is so much of um, blockers that we put ourselves into from sharpening our axe, right? Because you need to put in that effort, the self effort the practice to be able to get to your um, get to what we need at the end of the day. Um, and the blockers, you know, come sometimes from our own egoistic mind um, or sometimes, you know, from having an closed mindset versus a growth mindset, which we even mm-hmm. have as a, a class in IBM. If you look at an IBM learning series, you know, you actually have a session on that. Uh, IBM growth behaviors, um, and they talk about this mm-hmm. in those uh, in those uh, sessions, um, because all of these things helps you to see um, things from a different perspective. Sometimes I work with people who are tremendously, tremendously, um, and uh, like deeply knowledgeable. Right? Mm-hmm. They have several PhDs. But when you are so deep into one technology or one knowledge, right? It's it. it, I see sometimes they struggle a lot to be able to put uh, put what they are thinking about or what they are uh, focusing on into words or into a plan. Um, So we kind of help them to understand. Hey, you know, what is the sense of purpose that you know that's going on here? Um, how is this, you know, connected to the overall IBM strategy? How is that, you know, we can help you? Mm-hmm. Um, there, because it's it's very very important to have that open mindset, especially when you are deeply technical in your job on your job role, to sometimes step back and see the bigger picture. Because you can carried you can get carried away with your daily routine. You know what they call it as daily rut you know in this um, in this world mm. uh, but sometimes it's very important to step back and think about the purpose what we are doing here what is our higher purpose what is our you know, today's purpose um, mm-hmm. it it helps to put things in perspective
0: nice and this requires sharpening the axe and yes. our axe is called awareness so how can we sharpen a little bit today our axe uh, sri any short practice to share with our audience?
4: Absolutely. We can do a mini session. I thought usually it's Pat, Pat you, you or you, Lily, who lead the practice. <laughs> no, no, no.
0: The guest no we, first.
3: Uh, we actually started doing the podcast so we don't have to lead practices. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, sure. <clears throat> so maybe we'll um, make sure we'll sit comfortably and sit straight with the back
2: supported. Mm-hmm. And um, let's first make sure that we are comfortable with where we are seated. And I welcome you to gently, with no rush, close your eyes. In the next few minutes, we are just going to practice awareness. To do that, let's first notice our breath. The simple thing that we take for granted, the air that goes inside and the warm air that comes outside, bring your attention to your natural breath. Now gently use your sense of hearing to notice any sounds around you. It could be a bird chirping or it could be a fan running or it could be even a slack ping. Just notice, using your sense of hearing, all the sounds that are around you. Right now, I hear a fan that's running, which I would not even notice. gently bring your awareness to your body Do you feel the seat where you're seated? It might be, it might be a couch. it might be a chair. Do you feel it's hard or it's comfortable? Do you feel your clothes, on your skin, is it itching or is it comfortable? Do you see any sensations, do you feel any sensations in your feet, or in your toes? And when you bring your awareness to your fingers, do you feel the urge to move your fingers? Or do you feel any kind of stress or tension in your fingers as you're working on your computers all day? Just observe. Now gently bring back your awareness to your face. Notice any tensions that you might have in your forehead or any tension that you're holding in your jaw. Now gently bring back your attention back to your breath. You might notice your breath might be shorter or it might be longer. And whenever you're ready, wiggle your fingers and toes and open your eyes. what we just practice is just being aware Mm -hmm. but there are many
4: mindfulness practices where we also not only are aware we Mm -hmm. also practice consciously trying to
2: calm that particular area Um, so there's actually
4: some kind of um, healing that happens Mm -hmm. behind the scenes um, so which is why I always you know, encourage trying different kinds of mindfulness practices yeah. uh, for everybody, not just sticking to just one.
0: true. many times pain is tension. Right. Yes. And if tension is, you manage somehow to release that tension, even with your breathing, calming down, relaxing the muscles, then the pain goes away. To me it happens with the headache when sometimes I get a headache. Um not all the time, but many times. Uh yeah. you know, 30 minutes I practice is letting the headache go. And that's like, yeah. wow, cool. Interesting. Sometimes yoga, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, I go doing yes. like the headstand helps me a lot for the headache. It's like mm. it's paradoxically, you know, weird, but it's it's like that, right? You just change yes. the flow of the blood, the blood and everything. So it's it's nice. So, um, thank you for being here, Sri, and thank you for sharing with us this practice. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening and being with us in the Mindfulness Podcast. Talk to you with the next episode. Till then, be always mindful. Thank you very much.
4: Thank you. Thank you for having me.